When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to TFL Talking Trucks Podcast, and as always, I'm Andre Smirnov. And I'm temporarily Nathan Adlin. Nice to see you. Only temporarily? I'm Tommy normally. <laughs> hey, dude. So how about we uh, dedicate this show mainly to Toyota trucks and SUVs? Well, there are a lot of rumors. There's some facts. There's a lot of stuff creeping around out there. Yeah, but I want to basically, the headline of this show is the brand new Next Generation 300 Series 2022 Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah, and some of that information could be relevant with the upcoming Toyota Tundra. Yes, and maybe some other trucks as well because they share platforms. That's right. Yes, and yes, uh, of course the sad news is that the Land Cruiser is not coming to the U.S., We've known that for a little while. We've hated it. We even did a campaign hoping to convince Toyota to to stop doing this. Please let it stay. But you never know what the future is going to bring. And there are some interesting facts that might be uh, part of this whole deal. One of the things that was thrilling is seeing this new Land Cruiser kicking up dirt on B-roll, which is extra footage that you guys have seen online. For those of you who are not watching... um, Andre actually has that up on the screen. And I think it looks really good, at least this model. There's a couple different front ends I'm not too thrilled with, but this looks pretty cool to me. And the thing about this vehicle that is intriguing is its powertrain, some of the stuff that is still old in terms of like a wheelbase, and the fact that it has a 10-speed transmission. These are all very interesting tidbits for us. Yeah, so obviously it's been a long time. Land Cruiser generations last many many years i think um, the last models around the time tommy was born yeah well 200 series been what 14 years uh, like approximately yeah. uh, of course this is toyota very methodical right and yeah and uh well we follow this very closely mm-hmm. obviously even though it's not coming to the u.s uh the body is new they actually subtracted about 440 pounds uh, generation to generation this new land cruiser is lighter much lighter which is important right i mean on all bases in, in every way lightness matters off-road and on-road yeah you're talking about better acceleration better braking better efficiency better off-roading yeah um, all those things are cool so if we can learn from this and and actually see this one and if of course if you're watching us on tfl talk channel um, you can get some pictures of yep. the Land Cruiser. If you're just listening to us, thank you. Uh, we, we appreciate really, that. We really appreciate it. And, of course, we can talk through all of it. That's correct. Now, keep in mind that a lot of the information that we're talking about is available online, and it's on tfltruck.com. So you'll be able to see a lot of this stuff as well if you want to keep up with it. 
But what we're talking about here is sort of a combination of facts and some speculation as it trickles down to the American market and other markets. Now, what's really interesting is that when the Land Cruiser was unveiled, it was unveiled to an international audience. What a lot of people here in the States I don't quite get is the fact that this is a big selling vehicle in every market but ours. One of the reasons why it disappeared, <laughs> yes. right? So, for instance, Saudi Arabia, Russia, Australia. Uh, Australia. Yes. These are huge markets for that vehicle, which is a shame that ours isn't as big for it because that's why it didn't stay. So when Andre was watching uh, one of the um, promotional videos for it, he had to sit through what seemed hours of people from all over the world talking about how wonderful the vehicle, how wonderful the vehicle was. Yeah. But <laughs> but they didn't show it. Didn't so show it. I, I I watched the global reveal, right? Right. And it was about the most. It was probably thirty plus minutes, and uh, the main part of the video, about twenty minutes of it or twenty five minutes of it, it was just many representatives and people and hosts speaking about how great Land Cruiser is, which we know. We we know it's great. Uh, we, we've owned one. We we've driven every model possible. Yes. And Especially Tommy. He went to the museum. Yeah, of, Tommy of has. Overseas, I drove the first generation of and, the, and their pickup truck version of it as well, which was an interesting ride. But I wanted to uh, question Andre on two different numbers, which actually have something to do with this and many other vehicles. The first number is 112.2 inches, and the second number is 2,850 millimeters. Why are these numbers significant when it comes to the Land Cruiser? Yeah, because after I finished watching this debut uh -huh. video, uh, they actually interviewed at the very end of this debut, they interviewed the chief engineer. Basically. For like a minute. Well, maybe a couple minutes. Yeah. And, and he was speaking Japanese, but it was translated, right? Uh -huh. and, and subtitled. And I really appreciated that and actually learning more from, you know, some of the engineers overseas. And he called the wheelbase um, a golden ratio. Mm. Uh, and it just took me aback for a second. I was like, wait a minute, a wheelbase? Uh, why is he talking about ratio? A golden ratio is technically like symmetry, beauty, right? But he is actually applying this term to the wheelbase of the vehicle. And he basically said, since Series 80, this is three when generations way back, ago, yeah. um, the wheelbase was the same. And it remains the same, which is 112.2 inches, which translates, like you said, to 2,850 millimeters approximately. And he said, this is a really good uh, wheelbase for this size of vehicle, which has three rows, right, of mm -hmm. seats. And is this size, is about 70 inches wide. Um, and it combines, you know, best attributes of clearance and also ride quality. So this is their golden... You, let, you know, this is this is perfect for them, for Toyota. Yeah, for Toyota, and, and it's perfect for them. And I didn't know this, mm. so I was I was elated. I was like, yes, you know, not only do I like, you know, that the new generation is actually coming to the world, right? And and I'm obviously still learning a lot of new elements about this, and I was really really happy. Um, so they, like we said, they decreased the weight. Mm -hmm. uh, it's brand new design, inside and out. Um, interior picture, of course, interior is also new. Are and then uh, new engines. Yes. Now, before we get to the engine and the transmission and the rear ends and all that other stuff, yeah, I wanted to ask a couple quick questions. So you were talking about the wheelbase. So that's the same as the 80, the 100, and the 200. Is this known as the 300 series? It is. Yes. Okay. So they just basically 
you know, up, obviously up the numbers. Mm-hmm. So that's a new frame, right? Yes. yes. So an all new vehicle, basically. Basically, uh, and I mean, so we can go deeper on yes. this, and obviously we haven't seen it in person, so no. it's kind of hard for us to uh, get all the elements, but. Um, the, one of the ways they actually updated um, or removed weight is they worked on the welding processes. So the the welding that comprises you know part of the frame and also the body components and the uh, chassis and everything else, they worked to make those tighter, more lightweight, and more efficient. Obviously, also helps with manufacturing, right? Right. So they can kind of almost speed up the manufacturing process, uh, make it very um, efficient and also lightweight. So they worked on that. The suspension is new, um, or at least the geometry, some of the geometry of the suspension has been updated. They also have the latest, you know, KDSS system, the kinetic yeah. um, system for their suspension. They updated it now with electronics. So it's smarter than ever. Yeah, so that, that keeps you level and, the, well, more importantly, keeps the wheels in contact with the ground. With the ground the as much as possible. As much yes. as possible. That's yes. really the whole point of the system is giving you maximum traction. Yeah. And they and have ride. and they have advanced it. Yes. We haven't driven it, so we don't know exactly how Right, this is based it. on their announcements. This yeah. isn't based on our testimony. So I'm looking at the interior. Now, for those of you who are listening, the interior is completely new. It's very modern, but it still has elements that are very Toyota, including the center steering wheel marker. And the overall design is simple, elegant, I think I would put it. It's not as convoluted as, say, an Alexis interior. And what I'm looking at here are spots where there's actual buttons and knobs. But there's also a very large infotainment screen. I'd say that thing's about 12 inches wide. Maybe even more. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying that this is up to 12 inches, at least in this iteration uh-huh. of the screen. We we don't know what's going to power this infotainment system, but we have a clue, that, which we can talk a little bit later in the show. Yes. Uh, because I also went uh, with Roman, in, in fact. To Texas. To, to Texas. To we'll, we'll cover that in just a couple minutes after we're done with the... Uh, yeah, at Toyota headquarters. And I learned a lot over there, too. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, so, yeah, this interior I really like. Like you were saying, it also feels luxurious, right? It feels luxurious, at least from these images. Um, and also high-tech, in a way. Because, look, of course, they had to do cameras, right? Right. Different camera views, uh, for example, like this one, where you can kind of see through the hood. and you can So, see the, once the again, if you're, if you're listening, what Andre is showing us is the fact, very similar to Land Rover, uh, you can actually sort of see an enhanced view of, of the front end of the vehicle as you're getting up to obstacles, and it helps for tire placement. Basically, it shows an invisible front end where the only thing that is visible are the tires and where they're, what they're hitting and where they're going. Yeah, it's kind of a simulated overlay of the tires on top of the terrain, which is really cool. Right, right. Yeah. It is very cool. Um, and hopefully in time we'll test a similar system and we can tell you how accurate it is. Yeah, usually what happens with these camera systems, it's usually one camera. Mm-hmm. So you're losing some depth perception, right? Right. Uh, and and, and they ha- it has to simulate it and, and figure it out. And, and now they're getting smarter and smarter. So it looks good, but this is, bear in mind, an uh, uh, image coming from the uh, manufacturer. So what are we looking at here? It looks like well, a new diff- front end? Yeah, different suspension systems and also some sh- showing some of the KDSS or e- okay, so I'm looking E-KDSS. looking at coilovers up front, and that's the E-KDSS, the new system. Yeah, and also, of course, coils in the back, which have been there before, but the geometry is a little bit different. So, yeah, so, but, but then... Wait, 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 was that an independent rear suspension? 
No, but okay, it's it, solid rear. Okay. It, it is. It's hard to see in these images, but yeah, it is. I'm, it is a coil sprung axle. Okay. Um, but they also said no V8. You know, that's what that's we wanted what to the learn, next story right? Is, right? Right. And for the world market, they announced two engines. In fact, they announced a uh, twin turbocharged V6 gas, mm -hmm. and then they also announced a twin turbocharged V6 diesel. So those we are will never see the diesel in the United States. I can almost guarantee that. But that twin turbocharged V6 gas engine sounds like something that might work its way to our shores. Yeah, and that's um, and it has to do with the show, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's about trucks, right? Right. And it could transition to the Tundra that we will see in the U.S. Could because Toyota hasn't officially announced it. Other than they just recently showed us an engine cover. That says, and that's what this part is about. <laughs> I Force Max. That's what they're calling it. So Andre, when he saw that picture, uh, went onto the internet, actually plugged in, and went into the matrix itself, <laughs> and made sure that the engine cover that he was looking at was similar in design, just the engine cover, mind you, to what they showed on the picture from Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah. So the Land Cruiser uh, engine cover and the one on the Tundra that has been shown all over social media, match up. Am I correct? Yes, and they do appear to match up, according to my uh, forensic uh, as, as As he was leeching his way through various uh, computer systems. So the point is, is that it's looking very likely that we are going to get this powertrain or a version of this powertrain in the new Toyota Tundra. Yeah, and here's the image that Toyota released. Um, so if you're not uh, obviously watching our podcast, it's basically a top of the engine cover. It looks to be a kind of a V6 because it kind of has three um, runners on each side in plastic. Mm -hmm, right. Um, and also it says iForce Max. But, but the th Max is highlighted in blue, my friend. Yes. What does blue mean? And originally I, I kind of glossed over it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I had to go back and look. Uh, and blue in Toyota speak or in Toyota logo speak, speak I think is fine. Um, means hybridization, Bingo. electrification. Mm -hmm. So uh, this has been rumored for many, many months, maybe years, years, yes. dude. Yes, that that the next truck will be a hybrid as well. Correct. Uh, according to their executive uh, sales vice president Bob Carter mm -hmm. uh, at Toyota, uh, the Tundra will have two engines options mm -hmm. two choices so a standard engine which will already be powerful which might be the twin turbo charge 36 yeah and then some other engine that he didn't disclose what it was which sounds like it's going to be the hybrid version yes with that so that type of power hooked up to some sort of hybrid system this may sound familiar because ford has done that with andre's truck F-150. <laughs> I did buy an F-150 hybrid uh, mm -hmm. a few months ago. As if you've been listening, uh, you know this, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sure Toyota is looking into that or was looking into it. Well, it's a successful setup so far. It's proven to be pretty damn awesome. And, you know, Toyota is, they don't want to hold back, apparently. I mean, I hope well, they don't hold back. Well, it wouldn't make sense if they were to come out with an inferior powertrain right off the bat. So they need something that competes. And, and also competes for a long time. Well, that's because the Because they thing. can't just come out with an engine and next year, what, what are you going to do next year? Right. So it makes sense that they have this. The question is, did they build something that is more robust, perhaps more efficient, or and more capable than the Ford powertrain? Because that's what this is competing with, right? 
General Motors does not have an engine that quite competes with this directly, right? They have their V8 engines. The only turbocharged engine they have is the four, and that's on a different level. Yeah. And then you look at uh, FC, sorry, Stellantis. I'm yes, still getting used to saying that. Ram doesn't have an engine that competes with this either yet. And at all, in fact, they just right. Have, they have V8 and V6, V8 and a V6. Right. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm saying Ford guys. That's specifically why. Uh, and Nissan, no, they don't. So Ford versus Toyota in terms of powertrains, I think that makes sense. So then the question is, what can Toyota do to beat Ford or match them? And that will be the big question. But there is something else, and that's the transmission. Yeah, and the Land Cruiser was announced with a 10-speed automatic. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Mm -hmm. Who else has a 10-speed automatic? That would be Ford, my friend. Yes. And also GM. And GM. Well, they co-developed part of that transmission years ago. Together, yes. And then they they went their separate ways in terms of how the software works and the whole thing. But those two transmissions were essentially dreamed up together. Toyota was not part of that group. Right. And you're saying, though, how can Toyota compete? Uh, Well, the Land Cruiser engine uh, is rated at 409 horsepower and 479 pound-feet of torque. Now, those are good numbers. Great numbers. Uh, Right now, the Ford F-150 3.5 liter is rated at 400 horsepower Mm -hmm. and 500 pound-feet of torque. So, Toyota is within the the same uh, engine type. Um, So, Toyota is beating them on horsepower and um, is a little bit lower on torque. But, of course, you know... Uh, they may have different uh, rear axle ratios, right? Um, other transmission ratios. So of I wonder course, if Toyota's going to stick with their because they've been they've had one axle ratio pretty much. In their right now in the Tundra, it's a four thirty, which right. is a monstrous like towing axle. But it's not very efficient. No, so they need to be on the efficient. That, that, game. That's what I'm saying. I'm curious to whether or not they're going to move in that direction. And then what we don't know, obviously, is that what this hybrid might do. Now, what is your output on your hybrid? So the Ford hybrid is 430 horsepower mm-hmm. and 570 pound-feet of torque combined. So torque monster. Yeah, it's almost like a diesel engine. I mean, some right. of the diesel engines are in a similar torque number. Plus, you have stupid range. Uh, stupid range, uh, about 600 miles. 650 to 700 miles. So Ford quotes 700-mile range. Not when I drive it. I, ha- I have come close to that, but of course, I'm also towing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, my recent fill-up, I went about... 640 miles on the tank, still mind-boggling. Considering range. what that it's a gas truck, not a diesel. Okay, so we now we have you know the bar is set with Ford. What can Toyota do to make their truck competitive with this powertrain that we're you know in theory will be a hybrid, and you know in theory will compete with Ford. It makes sense. Ten-speed automatic transmission. The overall setup is very similar. Twin turbocharged V6, probably sandwiched in between the gas engine and the transmission will be the electric motor. Yeah. Or they could do something a little different. Um, Right now, the best, uh, I guess, the most high-performance hybrid they have is the Prime, which is a plug-in. And it's a beast. The RAV4 Prime is a plug-in, and it's a beast. It's quick. It's relatively efficient. Um, And they're also using that Prime... Uh, powertrain now in the Lexus NX. Yeah, which we'll cover in just a few more moments. We'll we'll cover that too. So could this Tundra be a plug-in? I don't know. That would be be a game changer in itself if it it was a PHEV. It would would be because, but there's a couple of trade-offs here, right? Mm -hmm. It could be super powerful, 
uh, quite efficient. It will. It could have electric only range up to about I don't know. That's if it's a PEHEV. If it's a plug-in, it could have twenty, thirty, or whatever miles of right, electric right. range. It could have max, you know, huge total driving range, but it could add a lot of weight to the truck. Yeah, because you need a pretty big battery right. in order to make a big truck like that move any distance that's worth noting. Yes, right? and we don't know what Toyota is doing to remove weight. You know, Ford went to aluminum body, aluminum yeah. bed um, in the previous generation of the, of the truck. Now, we know that Toyota has a new frame, though, which is supposed to be strong and lightweight, but we don't yes. know anything about it, really. Ex- exactly. So they're probably using some of the same techniques they used on the Land Cruiser, right? Mm-hmm. Welding techniques, other techniques to remove weight. But how much weight can they remove to add more battery weight to it, right? Th- that's that's so the question. That's the unknown, right? right? So we don't know exactly. They say it will blow us away. Um, they also, this image also so shows, you know, those orange cables in the back. Yep. Um, which are indicative of a hybrid system. Right, because that, that is like the, you know, the world thing of saying, you know, all over D- the planet. Danger, danger. Danger. There's electricity flowing through here. Please don't tap into this. Yes. Please don't cut it or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, expose a wire and put your tongue to it. Yes. Please um, don't do that. So, um, so the bottom line, though, is that. We're pretty sure it's going to be a hybrid. The big question is if it's going to be a PHAV or a regular hybrid. So let's say it's not. Let's say it's a regular hybrid system. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to do something similar to what Ford did in terms of using extra power in the back, which I think is brilliant, by the way, having yeah. a setup where you can plug it in and, and actually run real stuff? Yeah, like a generator right, 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 right. system. Uh, I it makes it sense. Makes, dude, yeah. So a lot of the electric trucks are going this way, like mm-hmm. the GMC Hummer is also going to be offering some power export capabilities. I believe so are some of the other competitors as yeah, well. Yeah, so Rivian is talking about that. Right. You know, others are talking about this. We haven't very, obviously, we haven't tested a lot of these systems yet because those trucks are not available yet. No, this is all based on their testimony, um, not but ours. I think Toyota obviously has all the resources in the world. They're one of the biggest companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sure they can, they can do that and much more uh, if they wanted to. And of course, they're looking at the American market as the truck market, right? This is where trucks are very popular. Indeed, they are. And Tundra is actually only North American. Yep. You know, you won't be able to go to Europe or Asia and find a Tundra. So, no, at the, least officially on sale. Yeah. And Tundra is still being built in Texas. Am I correct? Exactly. In okay. San Antonio. In San Antonio. Um, and so is Tacoma, but Tacoma is also being built in Mexico. So yeah. speaking of Texas, why don't we move on and talk about what you guys did in Texas? Because that actually ties into not just this vehicle, but also other Toyota products, and that's including possibly the Tacoma because there's some crazy rumors about the next generation Tacoma, its powertrain, and we've heard these rumors. I'm not dispelling any of them. However, I want you guys to think about them as well because some of them are a little hard for me to grasp or at least completely agree with. So before we get to that, though, let's talk about what happened in Texas. And you both have recovered. I think Andre was exposed to tequila. He prefers vodka. Big surprise. But, um, you know, Texas tequila, agave, all that stuff. Um, So now that you guys are back and you've done a whole bunch of videos and you guys saw everything from Lexus products to the new Toyota um, Corolla Cross. Toyota 86, GR. The GR, that kind of off-roady, almost minivan. Uh, yes. You know, you guys have seen a Timberline. Is that what they're calling it? Woodlands. Woodlands. Woodlands edition. <laughs> Woodlands edition. So in other words, you guys saw a whole bunch of stuff in a very limited amount of time. 
but you still managed to get some interesting stories and you got Roman to go into that pose. That's one of my favorites. Our poses are chosen by our cameramen, by the way. We don't choose, choose them in case you guys are upset about it. Uh, just just yell at them. Bl- blame the camera guy. Bl- blame the camera guy. Which was me in this case. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to take the blame off. It's, you it's fine. All right. Um, so, so Toyota invited many, many journalists uh, across the country to their headquarters. Mm-hmm. And actually, this was really cool. First of all, it was one of the first events... Uh, with a decent number of people after COVID. After COVID. So, well, we're um, still in COVID, to be fair. But I'm the, sorry, after the shutdowns. After shutdowns, uh, after, yeah. After major quarantines. So, first of all, that was quite special. Um, and the other thing that Toyota wanted to do is actually show not just their campus, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. but also all the latest products that they have because they haven't been able to you know, do these things during the shutdowns. So they had everything. Every model they make was on display. Great. And obviously, some of the models haven't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the models are continuing on the same. Um, but a lot of the new stuff came out, like you said, the, the brand new Toyota Corolla Cross, which is basically a little crossover, a subcompact crossover with all-wheel drive. I'm, I'm liking that thing, by the way. Uh, which is affordable. It, mm-hmm. They haven't announced pricing yet, but it will be at the, you know, near the bottom of their all-wheel drive crossover list. Well, yeah, they need an entry-level crossover to go up against the HRV and a whole bunch of those other vehicles that are out there, yeah. which they haven't really had. Uh, with all-wheel drive. So th- that's CH- what the CHR is, of course, two-wheel drive. Yeah, that's right. a front-wheel drive. That, that doesn't really count in my book. So this is this is something that, at least in Colorado, will be a hell of a vehicle in, in all snow areas because it will have an all-wheel drive offering. And if it's what I'm thinking with their system, it'll be very similar to what the uh, Camry has with an all-wheel drive system, which is actually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they offered us, actually, um, on the second day of this event, some off-roading opportunities and mm-hmm. also track uh, driving, you know, fast track driving opportunities. Uh, Roman and I kind of steered towards the off-roading because we love off-roading. That's what we do. And we are not Paul Gerard. We're not a Stig. So we can't quiet, you know, get everything on the racetrack. Uh, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, you know, you only learn so much about a daily driving car when you put it on a racetrack. That's always been my thing. As much as we love doing it, that that's sort of an indulgence that's not necessary for you guys, not right off the bat. But going off-road is something we do almost every day. And a lot of you guys do that, too. Yep, a hell of a lot. Yeah. So you, what did you guys do off-road? So we did several videos. We already published two of them from the off-road uh, courses. Uh, we did Tacoma versus Tundra, and these are the current generation ones. Mm-hmm. So 2021s, and we did uh, Charity Pro comparison once again because on this really muddy it's been raining like heck in texas um right before this event yeah so everything was soupy and the mud was really dark Uh, we're not used to that in colorado you know in colorado everything dry so it's either snow a little bit of slush or dry and hard as a rock yeah so we're not used to this uh terrain so we took advantage of it um we also did the lexus lx versus gx uh, which is kind of, you know, the premier overland slash off-road vehicles from Lexus. The, which are the current generation, though. You didn't drive the next generation of these vehicles. Exactly. Not yet. I wish we did. <laughs> um, and then we also did Forerunner and Sequoia, the current generation mm. ones, um, of course, um, with some of the li- most recent packages. And the Forerunner against Sequoia video is not published yet. That's coming, that's coming a little bit later. And those are going to be on TFL Off-Road YouTube channel. So we, we did learn a lot. I met Ivan Stewart, Iron Man Stewart. Who's met all of us now. Yes. He, he drove met, with Roman. He's met Roman. I met him briefly. Yes. And, and I, he's I'm, actually really cool and like really down to earth. 
Yeah, really cool. Uh, I was a little starstruck when I saw him. I bet you were. Uh, he's also a big dude. I yeah, mean, he's very d- tall. Does he still have a, like that cool hair? Yes. He has cool hair. Yes. His hair, his hair is cool. In the he's kind of inti- well, Iron Man. You know, he's he is intimidating. You know, there so, are rumors that that people have run away from him back in the racing days. So he uh, his vehicle of choice was the LX five seventy. Interesting. Because he could have he could he could have driven any of these trucks. Right. Tacoma, Tundra, Forerunner, Sequoia, GXs. He was specifically went directly for the LX, and I actually caught up with him at the end of the day, and I said, uh, Ivan, why, why did you choose the LX? And he said, it's the most comfortable. Well, what am I to say? Well, you're so, going to say yes, you're absolutely <laughs> right, and I will buy one now. And he basically was drifting this thing <laughs> in the mud, um, we, we we have some of the pictures of this uh, Lexus LX. Um, uh, so a ninety five thousand dollar Lexus or whatever being driven. I think sideways. it was over a hundred k. Yeah, but by Iron <laughs> Stewart. Yes. How cool is that? And he spoke very highly of it, and he took me on a little route. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was taking passengers, uh, giving rides, and uh, yeah, I could tell he. You know, his whole thing is uh, protect your vehicle, mm-hmm. right? You can go balls out, you know, just complete uh, 100% throttle, and then you ve- you break your vehicle. So that's his, th- you know, methodology. You know, just go as fast as you can, and then uh, protect your vehicle. And he was showing me how to do that. <coughs> well, that was his. Um, even during racing days, he told me that that that's how we would get through. The, the thing about uh, Stewart is that he would finish the race. It doesn't matter how fast you are. If you're not going to finish the race, you're not going to do anything. Right. He would finish races, and he just happened to win a lot of them. And that was by perseverance and also understanding the vehicle and, and staying below its maximum so you don't blow the thing to pieces. So that makes total sense. Dude, he's, like, he's got like 17 Baja 500 wins. This dude is. Oh yeah, he has a video won, game named after him, which I he's won like. almost you know every conceivable off-road race. Yeah, that I, and, that and I he really of. did take Toyota from being kind of obscure off-road to being one of the more dominant brands, and he also took small trucks and mid-sized trucks up a whole new level with off-roading and brought them to you know everybody's attention. If you think about it, so. Um, and, and there's Roman, and that Alex looks. The cool thing is, for those of you who don't know, this is basically a Land Cruiser, right? Um, yes. It's a Land Cruiser and with more, you know, with niceties planted within. More luxur- luxurious yes. items. Um, and it, of course, right now, both the Alex and the Land Cruiser were on sale until the Land Cruiser got discontinued. But the Alex is still US. in the market. Yeah, and the rumor is is that uh, Lexus and Toyota are gonna obviously get the next generation Alex. And also potentially bring it to the U.S. So that will be uh, the new Land, possibly the new Land Cruiser. So the 300 chassis, chassis, yeah. and possibly powertrain will become the next generation LX. That's the rumor. God, yeah, I and, hope so. And uh, um, by the way, in this picture, if you, I'm showing you the concept LX Overland vehicle, which is they call J201. Uh, J201 is basically kind of the LX code internally for Lexus. Right, and that, um, that's something that they've had. For or the, J200 is. J, and, yeah. and 201 is this concept, which is showing, you know, like the steel bumpers and the suspension and system. It looks like they got rid of all the, local, the lower cladding, which they normally have, which is what I hate. And they got rid of it so this thing can actually be an, a proper off-roader. And Roman is demonstrating some of its flexing skill. Um, <laughs> yes. And do you see the little white LX uh, in the background? Yeah, right at do his you, elbow. Yeah, do you see that one? An, that's that's Ivan, uh, Iron Man Stewart. 
drifting by as Roman is Dr- taking a Drifting picture. by and kicking rocks at Roman, which I'm, once again, love the guy, so thank God he's throwing rocks at Roman. Yes. Um, this, it's, it's a really cool-looking concept, and there are a lot of people out there, and, and it's funny because people doubt it, but actually there are a lot of people who like to do this type of thing with their LX models and their GX models. Yes. Yeah, they like to beef them up and make them seriously off-road capable. So one more story uh, about Ivan. Um, as he was kind of showing me the drifting capabilities of the Lexus LX, uh, he also just happened to mention to me, um, Andre, tomorrow is my birthday. No kidding. And I, and I said, what? He's like, yeah, I'm 76. 76? Yes. Wow, he's a as little he, older. As, as he was drifting uh, in, the, in Texas, in the Lexus. See, I grew up with so, him, like, winning all these races. I didn't really. He was already old when he was winning these races. And he's still kicking out there. Yeah, at 76 years old, he's out driving probably anybody so, else nearby. So uh, there is a lot more rumors about the LX. Okay. During the, um, the NX presentation, the global uh, Lexus NX, which is their compact SUV crossover, Yeah. they mentioned um, something else is coming, and they kind of pointed to a veiled... Um, LX that looked like the current generation. But um, so it is coming. And they said this year, this year, either globally or North America locally or somewhere, the next generation LX will show itself. And, and we'll, we'll know a lot more about what we're going to be getting. Based and, on that. Um, and I've been listening to some of our friends, you know, David Chow mm-hmm. at Automotive Press and also Kirk. Uh, Kryfels at his channel. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about different LX rumors. We don't have a lot of confirmation on this, but they're also saying that LX 600 is going to be one of the names potentially, or LX 750, uh, which is like this premier luxury barge flagship, basically. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, so some of those rumors are flying around. Yeah, there's a lot of other rumors too. So why don't we get to the other products that are, were at Toyota and talk about some of those other rumors, which these guys yeah. have talked about as well. Yeah, and I want to mention uh, Lexus NX. It's a 2022 model. It's brand new, uh, new generation. It's basically based on the latest RAV4 platform. Yeah, just so you guys know, I went to the original NX uh, unveil, which mm-hmm. was years ago in Seattle. And it's it's a decent luxury vehicle but when you have that knowledge in the back of your mind that it is basically an expensive RAV4 some people shy away from it but it's still a very good seller for Lexus Um, it is I think their third best-selling vehicle uh, under vehicles like the regular um, was it the uh, LX and some other RX RX sorry RX Um, so it, it's quite good in terms of sales, but they needed to update it. It was already old. Now there's a new RAV4. There's a RAV4 Prime, and there's new platforms, new technology. Now they have a new NX. Yes, and I, well, many of you may not understand this or know this, but a lot of vehicles, not just Toyota and Lexus, but a lot of manufacturers share platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes sense. It's, uh, it's economies get, you, of, Yeah, you get a return on your investment. Economy of scale, mm-hmm. it's more efficient to build, it's more efficient, and, and the consumers usually win because the pricing go that, you know, can be controlled, right? right? They control the pricing, so it's a little bit more affordable in most cases. Um, of course, Lexus is a premium vehicle, so of course it will have higher pricing because of its luxury and other features. Uh, but the Lexus NX was unveiled. And how does this relate to trucks? Why are we talking about a small crossover uh, on a truck show? Well, because it has a, a couple of different um, interesting engine options. Right. And, and most notably, um, and I actually saw this engine in person. I didn't get to drive it. But when I was in Texas, 
I opened up the hood in one of these um, NXs, uh, the 350 model, and it's a brand new 2.4 liter turbocharged engine. So, and what's its output? Um, 270 horsepower, I'm sorry, 275 horsepower okay. and 317 pound-feet of torque. And what was curious about it, because everybody thought, oh, it's a two liter, mm-hmm. because they've had a two liter turbo before. Yes, they have. And they thought, oh, they're gonna retune it, right? Increase the power, boom, plug it in, done. See ya. That's what I thought they would do too. But it's a different displacement. It's a 2.4 liter uh, four-cylinder engine, and they also j- uh, created this eight-speed automatic transmission that mates to it. Okay. So the rumors are now this is a front-wheel drive bias vehicle. Yes. Right, and that means that this eight-speed setup with this four-cylinder turbo is it's meant set up, for front. Is meant drive. for a front-wheel drive vehicle. However. Recently, there has been speculation that somehow this powertrain and possibly even some form of this transmission will go into the next generation Toyota Tacoma. That may be based on the displacement and power of this engine because if you look at like, I don't know, the Ford Ranger Ranger and its current numbers or some other vehicles that are out there, they're very competitive. Uh, The eight-speed automatic transmission, sure, an eight-speed would be a hell of a lot better than a current six-speed. Yeah. That makes sense, too. However, the reason why I'm a little dubious about this is because that 8-speed that they're talking about is set up for front-wheel drive, completely different architecture than what would be needed to work in an actual pickup truck front-engine rear-drive bias. So that in itself is a little questionable. Now, this NX also has some other stuff going on, including its interior and infotainment system, and Andre got an opportunity to mess with it. Yeah, I did. And I just want to mention one more thing about the Tacoma rumor, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, Tacoma, everybody wants Toyota to redesign the Tacoma because other manufacturers are coming out with yeah, the latest Yeah, th- they now have the oldest truck once the Nissan actually hits Once the, the Frontier comes out, right? Um, and that's, I, I get that, right? Yeah, it's, it's it fine. needs to happen in some and, way. And, and there is also this uh, trend to downsize engine. Uh, engines, yeah, uh, without losing power because you can you can boost turbocharged engines. Sure, sure, and at the same time gain efficiency. Yeah, gain efficiencies, uh, downsize engines, retain a lot of power. So this is, I think, why this rumor is here mm-hmm. that this 2.4 liter engine in some other configuration, maybe with a rear drive orientation, mm-hmm. could actually live on and be used in other products like the Forerunner. Mm, possibly, can you, can you imagine that? I mean, Forerunner started as a turbocharged. <laughs> it, they did. Well, they had. They, they had. had the turbo. It, didn't st- it, it had it later, a little bit later after it was. Yeah. But, but the point is, is that I mean, I think they started with a 22R. I mean, yeah. <laughs> very basic engine. A very, very basic engine. But the thing is, is that now it has the old four-liter that's been around forever, and you know, so, people are screaming that that needs to be changed. So Toyota hasn't confirmed this, obviously, but that's where the rumor is coming from: mm-hmm. downsizing efficiencies. And other companies like, you know, GM is thinking about a four-cylinder turbo in their Colorado trucks, right? Yeah. Uh, Ford is already doing it. Right. Um, the, you know, many others are going this Nissan way. Nissan has that new 3.8, which is powerful and efficient. Right. So, kind of makes sense. Yeah. But, but let's leave it at that because it's unofficial. It's, un- it, it's not even close to being official. It's but, just speculation. But what is official is that, like you mentioned, I saw the new Lexus interface. Right. And this uh, is a very interesting thing because we might see this trickle down to Toyota products trucks uh, in the future. Yeah. So basically what Toyota is doing, and you, you probably know this if you've been in the recent Lexus or Toyota uh, 
SUV or truck, um, that their systems have been kind of the suck, same. Suck. They suck. Oh. No, I'm sorry, but Lexus, especially Lexus, and to a lesser extent Toyota, their infotainment systems are not great. Not at all. Well, the Lexus had this mouse pad, this little trackpad. Both versions of their mouse pad were very difficult for their main customer, anybody who's Roman's age or older. And the thing is, is that if those people are having a hard time with the interface, they're not going to want to use the system and it's going to sour them. And I have factual information on this. A relative, sort of an in-law, leaves the vehicle, their Lexus, on an AM radio channel because they're terrified about touching the mouse pad and screwing everything up so they can't even hear their favorite AM radio station. Now, I'm not saying that all of them listen to AM radio, but the point is is that the system itself, that haptic mouse pad thing, is terrible. And then, only until recently, I mean, a lot of their screens weren't receptive to touch. And if they are now, they're small, Mm -hmm. not competitive with a lot of people out there, and old-fashioned thinking. So. The point is, is that they understand that, they've heard it, they, they factored that in, and they've done a lot to make changes. Yeah, basically there's a, a now kind of a subsidiary company called Toyota Connected and Connected Services, uh, which um, is basically a software-focused company. Right, they brought like 300 people into to work this Yeah, thing. they now have up to 300 uh, different engineers and mm-hmm. software engineers working on the system. They've been working on the system for several years. Uh, mostly in secret because it just got unveiled as part of this Lexus NX. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough, once again, in Texas, actually sit down in the driver's seat. I wasn't driving, but I was able to you, play. You got to play with the system. Uh, play with the system. And I was very pleasantly um, surprised and just, just, you know, it was a nice experience. It's a very simple system. It's basically in the most premium version of the NX. It's a very large screen, which is just over 14 inches diagonal which is huge, it's a horizontal screen. It has a hard uh, physical knob for volume. It has uh, physical knobs for temperature. Right, which you can see in the middle of those knobs, the actual digital readout for what the temperature is. So it's kind of attached to this digital screen. Mm -hmm. Kind of a similar execution to the Mach-E, the Mustang. Yeah, it actually looks a lot, it's a nicer looking screen. In terms of presentation. And it's more integrated into the dash. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. That's yeah, my yeah. point. And uh, what's that on the upper left-hand corner? So on the upper left, yeah. it's a st- engine start. Oh. So it's a big button that you can clearly see. It's not hidden behind the steering wheel. <laughs> you don't have to bend your head over and see it. Um, also on the bottom, there's a near the uh, transmission shifter, there's another knob uh, down there for m- driving modes. Right. So eco, normal, sport, sport plus. Um, Etc. So that's easy to understand. And it actually has a lever for the transmission. Thank you, Lexus. A little lever. I hate, uh, I hate exactly. Things. And then the whole digital screen is a touch screen. Of course, voice activated. You can talk to it mm-hmm. uh, pretty normally and um, naturally. And just very simple music, phone, settings, and navigation. What else do you need? Right. And at the same time, whenever you go to a different screen, and it's a crystal clear display, of course. You still maintain your temperature for your seats and everything else. All that, that stuff stays. is right there, right? Yeah. So it doesn't go away. You, you don't have to find it again and bring it back up. It's yeah. always there because it makes sense. You know, piece, you know, Roman with his osteo can barely reach the screen sometimes. So when he's able to, he likes being able to hit that heated seat thing so he can sit normally. And 
that's going to stay on the screen. I actually really like that considering how many vehicles we've tested. So the bottom line here is that they get it, they're redoing it, and most likely we're going to see this type of screen or a similar version of it trickle down into other Toyota products. And it can work with different screen sizes. Mm -hmm. So 10 inch screens, 9 inch screens, whatever right. it may be, 12. Um, so they designed it to be flexible. I met some of the software team actually in, in Texas. I was able to speak to them um, uh, also during dinner, so, which was really, really great. And so I've, obviously they couldn't release or yeah. announce information. Did you guys talk in like ones and zeros? Because I know that that's how you guys talk. It's like one, 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 one zero, 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 zero. Andre used to be a big tech guy with a different company. I was, yeah. yeah. I, used to be, I used to work at Oracle as a software There's database. a patent under your name. There is. Yeah. My, the patent I was on a team with that worked, it was a, like data transfer over a network. So this type of stuff is absolutely yeah. in your wheelhouse. We, we came to a common language. We spoke to, not ones and zeros, yeah. but a common language. And of course, they couldn't announce and say, oh, yes, all these vehicles will have this. But um, they said this is their, the way. This is where they're <laughs> this moving. This is the way. There you go. <laughs> Quoting something that's modern. <laughs> this is the way. So uh, they said, you know, we, we like this system internally. They're showing it to us now in the Lexus. Expect to see something similar in other products. Now, and I asked you this off camera, is this similar or as good or perhaps even better than Uconnect, which is one of our favorite systems because it's Dude, easy. I think it's simpler than Uconnect. That is and huge. I think, I think that's a really positive thing because there's not a lot of deep levels. You don't have to go like three or four levels into a menu to figure out, you know, what your fuel efficiency is or, you know, to change the channel. Like the German companies that force you to swing a dead cat over your head, oh my goodness. dance the, the polka, yes. and then finally find something six or seven, you know, clicks in. This is something that is simple. It looks like it's intuitive. Everything Andre's told me about this system sounds like it is a major step in the right direction. And this may be top of the class if it's as good as you say it is. Yeah, and of course, you know, with, with software, there could be glitches. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, the, the, uh, that this will be perfect, but I think, where, like you said, where they're going, I mm -hmm. think they're on the right path. This is the way. Uh, for them. <laughs> so, Do, I hope Disney doesn't sue us. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stop this thing. Hey, wait a minute. You're not allowed to say that. By the way, if you do, if this is the last episode you hear, <laughs> just, it will be because of this. I think I, I still have Michael Eisner's home, home phone number. Maybe you can help us out. So, um, so, so, a lot of stuff, dude, except, you know, once again, we don't have a lot of meat on the tundra. You know, official news that we can share. We, we've shared basically everything we know so far that it could be a twin turbo V6, right? We've shared some of the other stuff. like And, and possibly a hybrid. Yeah, possible. Obviously, a possible hybrid depending on this max in blue uh, label that they're putting on this engine. But we have no other data that we can give you currently about this vehicle. However, there are a couple things to keep in mind. Um, we have it on good information that other platforms and other powertrains may be shared with this. So it's quite possible that the Sequoia, among other vehicles, may be getting the same treatment. If the Sequoia comes back as the Sequoia, it's not what I would call a sales leader, although it's been a very steady seller for Toyota, but it's also something that is extremely old. Now, so something else that's extremely old. Well, Promises that are unfulfilled. One second. One second. Hold that thought for a second. Right. Um, you mentioned um, um, where was I going? Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, 
Mm. Okay. Do you want to go to Lordstown and just forget about that uh, brain fart of yours? <laughs> yes. Because that was my point. Uh, Promises unfulfilled Lordstown. Lordstown. So recent news came out that Lordstown, which, Lordstown Motors, right, that, which is within the workhorse kind of the company umbrella. Yeah. Um, uh, has been developing and also promised this truck, the Endurance. It's an all-electric truck, right? And it's very unique design. And they have the Lordstown, Ohio plant mm-hmm. that used to be GM plant that they, you know, have been had procured. Right. And they were building it up. Yep. Well, uh, they had some, uh, first of all, before this week, they had a few setbacks. <laughs> They've had several setbacks, but shall we start with oh the first one where they entered the Baja race, or, and they they weren't able to even come close to completing it. I think they did forty miles, and then they had to go off. And it, it was it was not what I would call a very good PR run, especially because other car companies and other like Volkswagen managed to complete races and managed to do things with electric vehicles. So and some was, privateers in electric vehicles. Right, and, and they didn't even have qualified drivers really in there. I mean, not not by our standards. So it, it, it was a PR nightmare for them, and they tried the best to spin it and say, hey, you know, we, we, it was a good, great we're, first We're learning. Yeah, we're, we're learning. learning. But Fair then, enough. But then, oopsies. Uh, by the way, this is a publicly traded company. Yep. Uh, and then they said, oopsies, um, you know, we're, we're going to decrease our volume of trucks that we're promising to deliver this year mm. from what we originally promised. I think they cut it by about half. Right. Uh, and that brought but, out some questions. But, by the way, uh, several people have put deposits down on mm-hmm. these vehicles. And we, we, we know some of the, the guys who did. Yes, we do. Um, so then there was more ipsies. Yeah, a lot. what's the other whoopsie? <laughs> the other whoopsie was overpromising or overstating what their sales numbers actually were. Yeah, or or those uh, contracts. Those contracts. Yeah, right. basically they said, you know, because this is also going to be a work vehicle, a fleet mm-hmm. vehicle. So they overstated um, what they were planning to deliver overall. Correct. Um, and then this week, the CEO and the CFO just happened to resign. Yeah, at the same time, and part of that had to do with those overstated numbers. Yeah, and uh, because their obviously their, their performance is not to the level that, uh, first of all, the investors expect, and also people who have submitted deposits mm-hmm. expect, and obviously everybody else expects. Now, the thing about Lordstown is compared to a lot of other startups, Lordstown has had really big contributors, really big political backing. There's been a lot of buzz about this company and they haven't really been able to deliver on something that seems solid so all of these setbacks really hurt the company yes and so now they have new leadership right um, they have a board of uh, directors they they have appointed some new leaders mm-hmm. um, so yeah but it's not looking good uh, obviously <coughs> of course we welcome we welcome new startup companies and also other companies that are getting into the space. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, another company that had uh, a poor record was Nikola. Where they were promising a truck. Oh, and that and that got the, the, the that went crazy. That was that was a whole different GM wishes on. they could wipe that away from Yeah, because GM invested into that company and of course the, the company basically couldn't deliver their promises. Right. So but at least, you know, I, I like the competition actually is trying to do something mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, there's uh, obviously established manufacturers like Ford and others and GM and uh, who are, 
you know, Ford already announced their Lightning truck, right? The F-150 Lightning. Uh, GM is working on an electric Silverado. Um, Plus, GM on, also on, has the Hummer and all that. And Hummer so, and other vehicles. Yeah, and then Tesla, of course. So what we were expecting to see out of this company was massive fleet sales and eventually trickle down, you know, sales to regular Joes like you and me. And we saw a shot like this a little while ago, which showed an interesting take on an interior. I was totally fine with it, um, hoping that the overall driving experience of, the, of this truck would actually be a good one. Things were looking really good. And then all of this news sort of snowballed and came out in a very short amount of time. And I think that investor confidence in this company has dropped significantly, but they still say that they're going to be able to produce a product. Uh, this year and the following year. Mm -hmm. So they're saying they will deliver some trucks in 2021 and 2022. Okay. So that's all we know for now. It is kind of uh, not so great news. No, it's not so um, great news. I don't want them to fail. I, I, I really hope that, you know, that they got through this horrible mess of bad PR and bad decisions and they're able to produce a truck that's somewhat comparable or at least somewhat competitive with perhaps Ford or someone else. I would love that because when there's competition, it forces everybody to rise. And if this thing is decent, that's great. You know, even if it's only in limited supply at first, that will be great because it forces the competition to up their game. However, right now things are not looking great and I'm hoping that Lordstown gets their head out of their patootie and figures this out and gets some product out there that actually works right and does what's advertised. And we would be happy to actually test drive it, review it, and do many videos about this. If we get one, we put it on the Ike. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. take it off road. Hell yeah. Um, I want to close this segment or this show on this. I remembered what my brain fart was. Okay. So you talked about Sequoia. Mm -hmm. And before I was, we were going to Texas, this event we talked about, um, I saw on the Angedna uh, Sequoia. Mm. Um, it said Sequoia, let's meet, let's meet for the Sequoia. And I was like, oh, yes. The agenda says Sequoia. We might see something about the new SUV, and it's going to be amazing. So, Did they I, give you a new paint color? I, I, get, I get there. No, it wasn't that. Okay. I get there, and I was like, I was asking the PR team. I was like, we're going to see the new Sequoia. This is amazing, guys. They're like, no, we're not. Who, who told you this? I said, well, I'm looking at your agenda. And we looked at the agenda together, and they said, oh, no, Andre, we're meeting at the Sequoia Conference Center. Their conference room is it's named called Sequoia. the Sequoia. Yes. Oh, for crying out because loud! Because every conference room in their headquarters is named after a vehicle. <laughs> There's a Corolla meeting place. Oh, There's a no. Camry meeting place. You know all this stuff. Well, that was <laughs> kind of a bummer. <laughs> I could just see your the, the the your expression, the the pain and the sorrow, and they probably saw that too, and probably patted you on the shoulder. And said, it's okay, Andre. And they wouldn't confirm that it's coming. I said, can you tell me Sequoia is coming, the next one? No comment. No comment, of course. Anyway, so on that note, uh, let's close down. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, once again, you know, we are looking forward to getting a lot of news to you about Toyota. They are following some major news that came out of Ford, who basically has thrown a big monkey wrench into everybody's world. And I have a feeling Toyota will respond in kind. So I'm looking forward to this. And as always, you can find us on tfltruck.com and tfloffer.com. And please also um, help support us. Uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash tflcars, where you can actually uh, support us with donations. But also ask us questions. 
Right. So this is individual. When you go to the Patreon thing, this will actually allow us to directly answer your questions, whatever question you may have, within reason. Yes. I, I don't do bathing suits. <laughs> okay, there you go. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.